0: Welcome to the Living Social Justice podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society.
1: Welcome to our next episode of our Living Social Justice story series. Wow, that's really sounding like a mouthful now. Um, Today I have Melanie Mokhatla with me. Mel, thanks so much for making the time to join me here and to share your story. Um, I'm always so intrigued and curious when I hear of people who've been willing to move country Mm. to fulfill what they feel God's asking them to do. I've loved your story and just meeting you over the years and... Watching your story unfold, Aww. but um, I know your accent's going to give you away. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe let's just start before we get into the nitty gritty of what you're doing day to day now. Just tell everyone a bit about your background, where you're from, okay. and what brought you to Cape Town. Cool. Um, I am originally
0: from Atlanta, Georgia, and um, grew up in a very diverse part of the city. So Atlanta is a melting pot. Um, mm-hmm. And both of my parents were teachers and in um, inner city schools. And so I was always around a very diverse population. And that's how our life was. Um, But I think that that background is really what caught my attention about Cape Town. Um, I went to Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama um, for my degree in graphic design. (laughs) And I thought, how in the world, um, how, how did I get here? Well, I, I was just always passionate about creativity. Okay. And, uh, but six months before I graduated university, um, a minister said, Hey, I I see something in you and I would really love for you to come and be a part of our youth ministry. So I went on staff at a mega church in Birmingham, Alabama for six years and learned a lot about ministry. Um, yeah, fell on my face a few times, just mm. learning lots yeah. and lots of learning. And youth um, are really my passion. So, I just, I just
1: love that. I didn't know that about your story. I think it's yeah. so critical that we tell the stories of how someone spots something mm. in the someone and gives them a space. And
0: that's so crucial. I mean, exactly. one conversation can change your
1: whole career choice. That, exactly. I mean, that's what happened to me. But also to have six years where you could fall on your face yes yes we need those spaces yes. where we can actually make mistakes and figure things out and bump exactly. our heads and get up again and dust yeah. ourselves off and yeah. go. okay well let's not do that again yes um so long yeah.
0: story short my part of my job in youth ministry was to lead uh, mission trips okay so we would do local mission trips we would do international mission trips and um i got an opportunity to come to cape town in in 2008 And just, this was actually a site visit. We had seen um, a church plant, so we had a connection with in the community of Capricorn, which is near Musenberg. And so with a pastor and a deacon and a couple other leaders from the church, we came to Cape Town. And that, at the time, was my 10th international mission trip. And so I had seen a lot of things. I Mm. had seen poverty in Mexico. I had seen um, just, uh, there's just a lot that, that I had seen in international missions, short term. But there was something different about Capricorn. Wow! What, what was it? I don't know. Still to this day, I have no idea what it was. But when I left that two weeks and came back to America, um, I was different, and I knew I had encountered God in a really different way. And so it wasn't the shock of the living conditions, it wasn't um, the culture, it wasn't the beauty of Cape Town that grabbed me. There was something about the spirit that grabbed me wow. in, in Capricorn. And um, so, so anyway, I went back home, and. The way I spent my money was different. The way I prayed was different. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I saw the world was different, and and wanted to educate myself about uh, of Cape Town and even just what God is doing in other places. And so came in two thousand nine. Yeah. Thought it was just another short term trip, but was actually the same space. Same same space. Yes. Same space. Same church. Okay. And. Yeah, at at the time I just thought I'm I'm making plans to move here wow. and and didn't really understand how hard that was going to be at the time. <laughs> um and I think naively mm. I just said, yeah, let's do it. do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, then you moved here the next year, 2010. That's right. So
0: okay. World Cup happened. Yeah. <laughs> I got here in all the chaos of the World Cup, which oh, was wow. kind of cool because the, com- the community was yes. just, there was such a vibe in South Africa, yes. you know, and it was a great time to move. But yeah, so sold my car, sold my house and said, wow. let's do it. And my church, um, kind of in a Nehemiah model, I approached my pastor, my mega church pastor <laughs> and said, listen, if we're going to do this partnership in Capricorn long term, why don't you send somebody? And he looked at me and he said, are you volunteering? And I said, yeah. (laughs) So for a two-year commitment, I came and said um, I would be a part of the church plant and do youth ministry. And that's how I got here.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) another part to that story is when we first met, you were Melanie Dill. Yes. And now you are Melanie Mugatla. That's right. So something changed in between. (laughs) Tell us what what happened that you got married here.
0: Yeah. So... um, another long story short. So I, I, came and clearly continued to renew my visa over and yes. over again. Uh, cause I just felt I was continued to call to this place. Um, but I had this colleague at an organization I worked with in Capricorn an art. Um, it was, it's not a ministry. It's a secular organization called the butterfly art project. Yes. And one of my colleagues was just dying to set me up with somebody. <laughs> and so I said, um, no, I'm open to it. Yeah, whatever. But I had three, three qualities you know and so she would come back and she would say you know I think I found somebody and I would say oh but does he have the three qualities he must be a Christian he must be hard-working and he must be generous and she'd come back and she'd say oh he's got two and I said no I don't even want to see him uh, well so done. one day she met <laughs> he um, on Street. yes she met my Andrew and said he's this is the one and we went on a blind date in Green Market Square and the rest is history so oh, that's
1: amazing yeah so
0: I am here long term now this is home and
1: excited about what that means for our lives yeah beautiful and yeah. now today you guys as a couple are involved in Constantinople with the SJM team yeah they're kind of helping figure mm-hmm. out what a congregation living out social justice should and could look yeah. like which yeah. is fantastic yeah so grateful that you're part of our story now and we get to work with you so and um, tell us a bit more about your personal story in terms of your passion. I know you love youth, yeah. but tell us more about that. What What does that look like? Being passionate about youth work and what you've gotten involved in specifically in Capricorn. So, um,
0: yeah. So when I came here, it was because of my background in youth ministry. That okay. was kind of what what connected me to the church plant. Um, but I think it's an age group. You know, the high school years, young adult years, mm. that is so crucial. And mm. what I love about it is. They can think for themselves, mm. they're making their own decisions, and that's intriguing to me that you could be a part of guiding that process. Wow. Um, and I think it's an important part for the church, especially mm. you know it's it's these crucial moldable years um, that discipleship is so important. so Yeah, that's my heart. And I think I just get excited to see young people find their passions and find, ah, this is why I'm created and and actually step into what God is
1: calling them to do. But tell us more about what you saw once you came specifically to Cape Town. What were the kind of distresses for you in the youth generations? Okay.
0: So um, I think I found it very funny that that age group in Capricorn, high school, even... Even what in America we call middle school yes. um thirteen fourteen years old up they they were just kind of left alone, and you see a lot roaming the streets and in yeah. america i mean you you don't see that I mean kids are in groups you know maybe yeah. in in homes or um at the skate park or something like that, right. but there's always parents around there's always parental guidance um from where I'm from in yes. america and so for me, it was just funny to see even little little ones babies. Sure just left alone in the street um and that is part of the communal living it's yes. it's it's not a totally negative thing um everybody kind of takes care of each other but i just thought gosh there's such a potential to guide mm. these young lives mm. and to, to have an investment input into that age group um teen pregnancy just shocked me Um, I think the drug abuse and even how teenagers spoke to each other or spoke to adults was shocking to me. Um, The lack of respect or... I don't know. I, I was just intrigued by what a wild mm. culture it was mm. in, in the township. and um, But there was also something raw about it that I thought, mm. ooh, there's, there's so a lot of potential, potential here. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of potential. you mm. know. It's, it's, um, what I also love about teenage years is that they're trying to find their adult voice. Yes. And so a lot of the, the back chat, a lot of the, mm. the hard things that happen, um, especially in the colored culture that I found in, in um, Capricorn, in Capricorn was they're trying to test that voice. Sure. And if the spirit could get in that voice mm. and if the spirit could really reign that in and uh, gosh, we, we could have a generation on fire for the Lord, wow. bold to mm. speak what speak their minds. And I think that's what I
1: love about that those years, yeah. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier where it just takes someone to notice and actually invest. Sure, like, yeah. You, that's exactly what you are kind of... Um, noticing or anticipating is what if we could get into that space and get into that culture and get into that generation and actually invest in these young lives Mm. and give them a space where they can thrive and they can knock their heads and they can figure out who they are and what um what their potential is yeah exactly and and i suppose that's the the gift that we've been given sure going from youth to adult and sure and actually every Every youth, every teenager yeah. deserves and, that.
0: Yeah, and something else I really found um, uh, was that it takes an a, an adult who's mm. one step further mm. to take someone the next step. Maybe. So um, a lot of the parents in our church of the, of the youth hadn't matriculated, right. Um, right. maybe are unemployed, mm. um, and so the 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 standard is not the right word the next step the knowledge wasn't there right and, and so, so even if they have the desire
1: for their children to exactly. outgrow them they yes. can't actually lead them exactly. somewhere they haven't been exactly mm.
0: and then even the goal if the goal is one step further than than I as a parent went with my life. Sometimes that's not even the the top potential of that child. So, Mm. you know, if the if the parent did matriculate, then, okay, my goal as a parent is to get my child through matric. Mm. Well, there's more. (laughs) There's even more that my child could do. But I don't know Mm. how to take them there Mm. because because of my my lack of experience Mm. Um, and the surroundings is also a lot of peer pressure to at least I've made it this far. Yes. So yes. So I'll pat myself on the back and yes. I'll I'll settle for that standard. Wow. Push. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in ministry that was a big thing for us. Is there's more. Okay. God has more for you. Okay.
1: Yeah. So then you developed this mentorship strategy yeah. called Grow. So tell us a bit yeah. more about that.
0: So, um, I was a part of the church plant in Capricorn for five and a half years, and it was a brand new church plant when I was there, um, and for a lot of different reasons, uh, it just didn't thrive, okay. um, and that's a whole other story for another story, time. Yeah. But the pastor ended up leaving, oh, wow. um, and I was the only quote staff member left. And so my team in America said, mm, "That's not really a good mission strategy. You right. know, we want to support locals, and um, they need to lead, and we as missionaries
1: support." Support, yeah.
0: So um, I took a step back. That that was kind of my exit from the church. But um, I still really wanted to be involved. But all that to say. Um, what I learned in those five and a half years was kind of my training ground. I thought Mm. that was the reason I came and like that was the the finish, but actually it was the start of my (laughs) lessons. Um, And my my South African sister, Megan Daniels, um, she was my roommate and her family kind of adopted me when I came to South Africa. Um, She did ministry alongside me or she was actually my boss and I I was her support. But um, she really had a passion for youth as well. And we just started studying these patterns in Capricorn. And we were saying, "Okay, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And she went to seminary. Megan went to seminary, Cape Town Baptist Seminary, and did her thesis paper on the attrition of young adults in, in church. And did research and talked to um, a a few communities and specifically Capricorn churches, lots of churches and Capricorn pastors, women's ministers, youth workers, and gathered research about what was going on. And why is it so hard to keep young adults um, in church? And yeah, so through that thesis paper, we really started looking at mentoring being the answer. Okay. Um, And if one adult in the church could kind of adopt... And disciple one young adult, youth, young adult, um, that there could be a lot of change that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just felt like with that, with that theory that I talked about before that you've got to be a few steps ahead, ahead to, yeah. to take somebody further okay. that if we had those adults that really worth striving for careers and um, deeper relationships with the Lord that mm. they could pull along somebody with them and show them how it's done and not sit for a standard that um, doesn't reach someone's potential right. So I started praying and said, Lord, what does that look like to grow? And, and that word just kept coming kept in coming my, back. in my mind. Yeah. And I studied scripture a mm-hmm. lot and Luke two fifty two just kept coming back. And Luke two fifty two says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at that, that's, you know, supporting wisdom and physical health, okay. you know, Jesus grew in stature yes. as a little child yes. and favor with God and man is about relationships. It's about relationships here on earth, mm-hmm. but it's also about your relationship with your husband father mm. and so those aspects are what we base our mentoring strategy
1: on beautiful so it's way beyond just spiritual mentoring yes, one yes. dimensional it's it's every aspect of them as a person physical, emotional. Yeah.
0: And we just thought, you know, I think that's also a thing is churches can come in and we, of course we believe in the spiritual transformation, Mm. but if we ignore the mental, relational, physical aspect of justice and um, growth, then Mm. you're not really going to touch the whole person.
1: And we have such a legacy of what's gone before that Mm. if we don't address the limitations based on the past, we can't give people a future. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Wow. Um, Okay, so that's grow. What exactly are you doing through grow? What does that look like? What is the strategy actually?
0: So we're still pretty small, um, but we have a few adult mentors that are mentoring young adults. Okay. So this, And that's
1: a one on one yeah program.
0: Yeah one on one or one to three. Okay. Um it could be depending on the situation. So okay. we can go go into a church and teach someone, um, an adult how to walk with three people. Okay. Um and help them set goals and, and do things as a group. And the strategy really is do life. This isn't a program, you know, it's not like every Saturday we get together and we study. No, it's um, bring someone along in your journey and really include them in your daily life. Um, okay. That's how we really feel transformation happens. Mm. And when someone is watching you that closely mm. and involved in these discussions, um, I mean, for instance, I'll, I'll call up one of the girls I'm mentoring and say, hey, I'm going to pick and pay. Do you want to run with me? I got 30 minutes. Do you want to chat? So okay. um, she'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she hops in. Meanwhile, my strategy is I know the mom's struggling, her mom's struggling. And mm. so while we're at pick and pay, we're going to put a little basket together Grab for her <laughs> yes okay. you know okay. you're, you're really trying just to do life with somebody mm-hmm. um your your family's gonna go to a picnic so you call up the whole family uh, that you're mentoring and you say hey we're gonna go to um uh Newlands Park and we're gonna have a picnic you want to come with us, us yeah you just join yeah. right yeah. where you are. And yeah, those conversations happen. Inclusion. Exactly. Just, mm, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So we right. also, we, we have the basic mentoring program, but um, Megan and I have targeted some some ladies that we really feel need some spiritual input okay. that are leaders in their church. Wow. So we have about six or seven churches um, in our community, some in Capricorn, some in Steenburg, um, kind of in our area, just connections that we've had. Okay. And either they're youth ministers, women's ministers, or... Um, even pastor's wives. Wow. And we really wanted to invest in them so that they take the mentoring a next step. Okay. So we've, this year we started a book club. Um, Lovely. Yeah. So we provided books for all of these ladies. There were 10 of them that came to our first book club and um, we had sponsors for the books, bought books, and they all had six weeks to read it. We came together, had tea and muffins and talked about it. So um we're also helping them come to Heartfelt. Lovely. Um, and we we're trying to sponsor tickets to GLS. Like we the Great. things that it's we just are involved investing in, in leaders. Yes. Amazing. the things um, we're involved in, we want to grab people and say, Hey, beautiful. I see that potential
1: in you. Come come join us, yeah. Wonderful. That is so exciting to me. Mm. Um, I know you take people away on retreats. Tell us about yeah. that. What does it look like? So those leaders that we're
0: invested in, as well as our mentees, right. um, we take the mentors, mentees, and our leaders on two retreats. So okay. one in June, July, and one in November, December.
1: And why a retreat? What do you get out of a retreat that yeah. you can't get out of, Good question. like you are saying, living life together?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's the pause it's saying um, my life is a little crowded, maybe, um, maybe they've never had an opportunity to go away. Mm. Some of these leaders and mentees, they have been stuck in their environment and just to get out and be in nature right. or um, not to have the influence of their community for a weekend. Mm. When you take someone out of their environment, you, mm. just, you see things a little bit differently. Um, and then these mentors and mentees have had a whole whole six months or a whole year to, to be with each other okay. in those conversations. Yes. But now you put them all in a group and you go, ah, oh, let me tell you what my, my mentor did with me. And okay. um, let me tell you what I'm doing with my goals. And
1: okay, it's just a time
0: for them to fellowship mm. and really encourage each other. Mm. But I think if nothing else happens, if you never do a Bible study in those retreats or you never um, do any sort of spiritual input, the fellowship and the the pause that you Mm. get from being away is so important. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Sure. So Butterfly Art Project, that's not so much a Christian um, initiative, but I know you've told me before so many opportunities to share the gospel have come out of that space. Tell us a bit about that. So um, long, long story short, uh, the
0: only reason I was able to stay in South Africa because of my visa situation, I had two volunteer visas and then the government was like, hey, you need another way to stay here or see ya. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Was I I got this offer from the primary school initiative in Freyland. Hey, you know, I hear you're kind of creative. Do you want to come and be a part of us? Wow! Um, and so I started leading and teaching kids' afternoon programs in so art. That's also in
1: Fréchon. Yes. Okay. Yes. And is it only vulnerable children, or is it? open to anyone
0: um they do community programs so they do after school programs for for our township kids right um from any school really if you can get there they're doing it but um anyway i I started working there because it was a way for me to get to know other people in the community okay so at at first i clearly didn't see this as as this is my visa opportunity yes um but i started (laughs) i started working with them and thought you know I, i just I I need more than church conversations. I need to know people who are not involved in the church who have similar interests as me. And um, there the Lord redeemed my graphic design degree in my history and art. (laughs) There's the thread. There's the thread. Yes. (laughs) And um, I I was just excited to to be in a creative space where I could Mm. be physically active doing things that Mm -hmm. I love, but then have conversations with people about their life and um,
1: slowly talk about my gospel story I also love the way God equips us even just naturally with our skills and our giftings that when we when we use that well that honors him do you know what I Mm, mean like there's a connection that you could develop through your creativity and through your art that in some way showed off who God was and um and the kind of God image in in all of those little children that you, you got to kind of touch on and and um yeah and highlight and beautiful. some of the
0: conversations you get to have i mm. mean when when a kid is drawing and their hands are mm. busy their mouths just open they're in a
1: creative <laughs> space yeah they're and just a relaxed space I
0: exactly suppose. and so some of the conversations we have is you know look around like god is so creative and wow. they go oh yeah <laughs> you're right or um you know i think i think yeah god is is the greatest creator of all so mm. we're we're mirroring him that way beautiful
1: mm. um okay I want to go back to what you were saying about youth and your particular passion for youth. Okay. Have you always felt drawn to youth and mm. or has this been something that's kind of developed as you kind of got involved in ministry that it was kind of a natural thing? Or mm. do you feel like this has kind of always been a bent in you, drawn towards the issues that face our youth?
0: Yeah, Um, no, it has not always been a passion of mine. Um, I didn't grow up going to youth ministry, um, and didn't grow up understanding what that looked like. Mm. I wasn't a part of a youth group or children's ministry. Um, and I was like scared of that generation, you know, it's like when you're in it, you're like, Oh gosh, it's makes me so so (laughs) self-conscious. Exactly. It's awkward. It can be very awkward. Um, and I didn't feel like I was one of the cool kids, you know? Um, so no, it wasn't something natural to me. And when I got to university, I had again, Mm -hmm. another, another person come to me and be like, we've just got a need in our youth ministry. Would you mind giving up, um, your, your Sunday afternoons and leading this small group? And Ooh, I was like, mm, that's really not, not so my sure thing. But the more I prayed about it, I said, I'll just give it a try. Okay. Um, so I guess a couple lessons there is give something a try. You never know mm. what kind of gifts or passions you've got. Mm. If someone offers you a way to serve um, that you've never served before, yeah. don't dismiss it Yes, um, and see what the Lord does with that. So yeah. I think the more I learned about youth, culture, um, Mm -hmm. the less scared I got about the youth, um, but also just felt like, ah,
1: you know, there's something I could do here. There's something I could give here. Um, Yeah. Beautiful. So then you spoke about being in Capricorn for five and a half years. Mm. I mean, that is a a long time to stay committed to a program or a contract or a sense of I'm going to stick at this until I see something. Mm-hmm. What, what was the goal? What were you hoping to hmm. achieve or see in Capricorn? And were you working with youth development or community development? Mm-hmm. It's often so hard to put a definitive goal yeah. ahead of you yeah. and say, oh, look, we, we did it. Yeah. We achieved this. How do you, how do you keep yourself motivated yeah. in a long-term project like this Um, What was it like for you? How did you set goals for yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And how did you measure success? Good question. Um, Thankfully, I had a really
0: great sending church. Mm. um, And I still do. I'm still connected Mm. with them. And um, I had a team back home of about five families that were kind of in charge of this mission, um, and had different aspects, financial, um, support or emotional support or accountability. So I had a team behind me, um, that was really encouraging me. So I get to Capricorn and I guess there was never an end goal at first. I think it was to learn Okay. I think it was to be a part of the culture. The culture, mm. um, but like I said at the beginning, our our point was a long term partnership with this yeah. community, and long term has very different goals. Mm. And I think my church had a lot of grace for that. Okay. Um, and we have a, a great missions department back home in in America, and so my goals were really just to get to know the culture, and as well as be the bridge back okay. to the partnership. So okay. I was to communicate back to my church what's going on, what host teams mm, to be involved right. in our church. So that was really the goal at first was okay. exposure to a
1: missions environment. Okay. Um, but you did learn a lot definitely. in those years. What What kinds yeah. of things did you learn were actually the helpful kind of steps to making mm. progress? Um, I think it's
0: not to make your, your outcome too tangible right I think they're so tricky yeah the relationship aspect was so big mm. and there were many months in those in-between years I've been I've been in South Africa like it's about eight years now and I think those middle years I, I came here guns a-blazing you know mm. I was so excited and and ready to do something and um really the learning curve was Melanie just calm yourself you got a, <laughs> you got a lot to learn um and so once I got that in my head I I feel like those middle years were just difficult just to be able to communicate what was happening. Okay. And there were many months where I was supposed to write a, a report letter back home to my church. And I thought, mm. I have nothing to tell you new. Um, the, none of these families are changing. None wow. of the you know, it's not like now everyone in, yes. in Capricorn is, is fed and well, Yes. you know, I, <laughs> I, I have no great success to tell you about that, wow. but, my days looked a lot like one on ones, you know, going mm. to have tea with a mama that that is just frustrated with her teenager and wanting advice okay. on what do I do now or um yeah, and I just felt what what am I doing? How can mm. I measure the success mm. and your question about um how do you stay motivated? Yeah. I think it's to have a good team around you, okay. and we all need that tribe. We all need Absolutely that tribe key. that says, mm. "I'm in this with you. I'm praying for you. Yes. I'm behind you." Yes. And that's what the church is about. You know, Beautiful. you can't go out and do justice and live amongst people and learn new cultures without mm. the support yeah. and the safety net of of people Community. who will discipline
1: you yeah. and correct you, yeah. um, and also have have some guidelines. So that was my next question: Is how how have you processed the need for accountability? Mm. Because we often, we have our own ideas and we hit off pioneering something and we actually need to be grounded yeah. with voices that we trust to actually call us on right. what we need to hear that we probably don't want to hear. Yeah. How have you walked that out yeah. with a team that's overseas, but also mm. with a, a local team around you yeah. who've been those voices? How have you kept those voices yeah. close?
0: I think that's a good question. Um, I haven't always done it successfully. I think um, after eight years, the team back home gets tired. They're like, <laughs> you got nothing else to say, Melanie. Yeah, great, you got a go, retreat, you got a book club, we support you, <laughs> um, great. But uh, I think continuing to have people along your story long term. So okay. I've got those people who've walked that journey for those eight years and they're the ones that know how hard it was in the beginning okay. and they celebrate with, right. with the, the steps. Um, but you need one or two people in your home church, Absolutely. to really say, "I want to walk this with you." Yes, and I, and I'm not going to leave that. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it is important. Accountability is so important, and that's why our mentoring strategy with Grow is so important. We say, "I, I don't care how hard it is; we're not going to leave you for this one-year commitment." You know, we'll okay. we'll look at it again in the next year and see if you still need our support. But we're not going to leave you we're we're here for the hard conversations we're here for
1: um, all of that so 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 dive a bit deeper into that for me mm. if I was to sign up as a, if I came to you and said I'd love to be part of this mentoring yeah. I want to mentor someone yeah what is the commitment involved yeah and what does it look like
0: so our strategy is very basic Um, we found that a year is long enough to see some growth in someone but short enough for, for people both sides mentees and mentors to say okay yeah well I can do this yes Um, you don't feel like you're signing your life away, Away. which those relationships may last forever, but at least for this commitment, the strategy can
1: opt out if you feel like it's not. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So um, we don't actually have a pool of mentees that are waiting to be mentored. We basically say um, who, who is in your life that you think could use some support. Yeah. And we ask mentors to walk a year journey. Um, You sit with a mentee and say, uh, what are three goals that you've got? three goals and usually they're not spiritual and that's okay, okay we've got we've great. got mentees that are you know 18 19 years old and they want a driver's driver's license okay. and so they say I-, I want a driver's i want to save up money to go to university next year and um, i want a better relationship with my mom Beautiful. Those, I mean, I wow. had one girl, those were her goals. And so it hits a lot of our aspects, you know, mm. of, of relationships mm. and, um, and meanwhile, whether they're Christian or not, the mentees do not need to be Christian. Mm. Um, the mentors have their own spiritual goals for right. for the mentees. Okay. And so you're constantly having conversations about Christ and relationships and, um, guiding them with your values as, okay. as a Christian. Um, So a mentor would sign up and say, hey, I really want to know the strategy and I want to be able to use your pool of resources. Um, And yeah, walk a journey with somebody for a year and help them
1: in reach those goals that they have set for themselves. So how does someone find out more about Grow? Tell us the website. Tell us how they can sign up. They can find out more.
0: Cool. So, um, because I was a missionary, I had my own website. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so now it's uh, melaniemochatla.comslash grow. You're going to need to spell that. <laughs> Ooh, M E L A N I E, Mochatla, M O K G A T L A. And um, if you just go onto that homepage, it, it'll lead you to the Grow Ministry and the strategies explained there, some of our other opportunities, retreats, book clubs,
1: um, all of it's there. Perfect. Okay. So, Ending off, I mean, most of our listeners are common grounders who wanting to explore this more. What does a lifestyle Mm. response to social justice look like Mm. for me? How do I respond to the things that I feel like God is opening my eyes to in my world, in the life around me? For you to be speaking to them now, what would be the one thing that you'd say to them? What would be your one encouragement to Mm. common grounders listening to your story? Gosh, the first thing that comes
0: to my mind is um, get uncomfortable. (laughs) Get out of your comfort zone. Um, the life that we naturally build ourselves is mm. usually because we're, we we want comfort. Mm. And not, that nothing's wrong with comfort, but there's something valuable about getting uncomfortable mm. and being in someone else's shoes and walking a journey with somebody um, unlike you. Beautiful. And it's not a program. It's not, um, you know, I'm going to do this for two hours a week and check it off. Mm. This has got to be something that you commit to and say, I want to live a life that looks like Jesus. And, um, I want to be amongst people that society doesn't really, you know, pat on the back. And, um, yeah, so, so I guess have your spiritual antennas up, look Mm. around your life and go, Lord, what are you asking me to invest in? And if I have to sacrifice something, if I have
1: to get uncomfortable, what are you asking me to do and guide me to that? Beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to inspire so many people listening in, but I also just want to honor you for being willing to come to a country that is not your Nation of heritage if I sure, can call it that yeah. <laughs> and be willing to just serve God yeah I just want to really honor you even um, in your marriage the way you and Andrew are so committed to mm. Berg and the social justice ministry team and yeah. really allowing Constantinburgers to explore and um, discipleship in sure. social justice and I know You've been loving the justice journey yeah. happening in a home recently in yep. Constantinburg and their diversity dinners yep. up and coming and mm. just so much on the horizon. So definitely. Just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for everything you're pouring out. And we thank are you for so being excited. You. Yeah. Thanks so much. Lovely to have you with us.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice on SoundCloud. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za, including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now!